Welcome back, everybody, to episode 153 of the Lookout Podcast. I'm Mills, and I'm here at LJ. And we are not Gundams this week, apparently. <laughs> yeah, my bad, guys. My mobile suit's in the, uh, it's in the <laughs> shop right now. Oh, God. All right, so originally, what I'll say this, kind of kick this off. Originally, we had scheduled mobile suit Gundam Witch for Mercury episode to be today. Um, however... The guest that we have planned for this, and I have no qualm in saying that it's Justin J5, who is my co-host for the A-Show, um, who has been pushing me to watch this, and who has been nothing but raving about this for pretty much the last... When did this start airing? Last October? Yes. Um, essentially raving about it for a long time. Trying to get me into the Gundam world. You trying to get me into the Gundam world. This is kind of like what's supposed to be the gateway. <clears throat> Unfortunately... J5 is busy this week. I didn't really want to do the episode without him. I feel like there's a lot of stakes with him here. Also, yes, you did. Your your Gundam thing is definitely somewhere else. Um, but I feel like we can save that. So what we're going to do is we're going to postpone it. We're going to push it back, hopefully, to the next episode. So that means, what the hell are we doing this episode? Well, I think we're on good divine timing. Because... It's a good week to do this episode because Jujutsu Kaisen's Hidden Inventory Premature Death Arc, or the Gojo Pass Arc, if you're a manga head, has just finished. Literally just finished. So we're going to touch on that today. All five episodes, the entire arc, kind of seeing it in all its visual glory. So I feel like this is a neat little surprise for everything. It, listen, man, it, it always works out in the lookout favor, man. It, even when right? it doesn't work out, it works out. Like, right? If if you all right, between Gojo and Ghetto, which one do you think that you are? Ghetto. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not as I'm, I'm not as I'm not as arrogant and as happy go lucky as, as Gojo. I'm, I'm feeling very ghetto to be honest. <laughs> I think I have a I have a full disdain and dislike. For. Do you call people monkeys? Would yes. You? No, I would. All right. All right. Okay. I'm not all above right. that. All right. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, actually, since we this is kind of like off the cuff, look getting the little news that's been happening. We don't usually get into the news for Summer Combat House, but fuck it, this is even supposed to be the episode that we're doing, so might as well. Um, let's talk about DreamCon. And anime conventions in general, which I feel like has been a conversation on this for a couple years between us. Anime conventions just in general. But DreamCon happened, I guess it was last weekend. Um, yeah. as, you, as you know, as anyone who's listening to this knows, it's the convention hosted by RDC World, um, Supreme Dreams, and the entire team. And they had a convention. It's been going on. I believe this is the fifth year that they're doing it. Last year, apparently, they had 6,000 people. This year, they got 22,000 people. um, Experiencing the growing pains of a growing anime convention. And it was definitely talked about pretty much all over the internet. Um, after that, even with the little girl with the videos that canceled Dream RDC World because <laughs> she didn't get into anything. Um, apparently, it was like dismay and all this stuff like that. My thing, all right. 
what are your kind of like we've been to anime conventions before yeah definitely um have we ever have you would you say any of them have been like i would never do this again that kind of bad that kind of disorganized nah i haven't been to one that's been disorganized to the point of Cancel that mentors. Yeah, and I've even even then that's that's a really weird take on just having mm-hmm. a you know I think I think the general public doesn't really understand and like no and obviously the only reason why is because me and you have have an actual interview with someone who has to put on this type of stuff but it's just like people don't understand like what kind of really goes into putting a convention and like putting a convention on a scale of you know they jump you know jumping from six thousand people to twenty two thousand people in one year like that's a lot that's a that's a large scale that's a large amount of people that's a, a lot of things and i'm pretty sure that in their head i'm pretty sure they were expecting growth but i'm sure they didn't expect things to to go um not to probably go as big as it it did mm-hmm. uh but no in in overall like i have never been to a con where my experience is bad to the point where it's like i'm like to the point where i want to publicly complain about <laughs> <laughs> this con sucks the only like only the reason why i was mad at twin cities con last year is because i paid for tickets and low-key when i got there i just walked right in like no one asked for my ticket i was like oh i could have just came here on my own i could have saved that was that was essentially the problem (laughs) what the girl was saying too essentially like they played they paid played (laughs) they paid for platinum passes gold passes all that passes and apparently none of the passes matter because the volunteers that they had stocked there were just that just volunteers maybe they weren't getting paid maybe they were getting paid in access maybe they're getting paid in ham sandwiches um they i get paid in a sandwich depending on how long i got a volunteer you're a sandwich connoisseur you're no one in real life is getting paid in sandwiches you and then you i feel like if If you ask me to volunteer one day but you're promising me a good meal at the end of it, like a one a, day, one day of volunteering. Okay, yeah, okay. I could uh, if you if you had to pay me one day, I one day I'll do a full whatever shift, and you promise me a really really great meal at the end of it. I'll do it. So what I heard was I was watching Rene Goddess's um, Twitch stream because I I'm a fan, and then also <laughs> I just like you're a fan. I mean, yeah and i I need to know as much about this thing as possible apparently like the food there was the catering there was amazing like top notch like mad texas shit ribs chicken mac and cheese all this other shit like that so like if they got paid in that i mean i'm sure they yeah listen bro getting paid in a rack of ribs it it doesn't sound like that um the problem was volunteers apparently really didn't enforce anything or do anything um, because pretty much anyone was just allowed in anything, even though the platinum passes are supposed to be like the go pass, like you get their priority first, all this other stuff. You're supposed to have access to all these kind of spaces. And then like anybody could get in, which I can understand the frustration with that because I would be sick if I paid three times the price of something and regular, <laughs> essentially regular people who did not pay that were also occupying it and before me and I wasn't able to get in. Um... But these are just the grown pains of an anime convention that is run by, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. They've run anime conventions before, but I also feel like 
I'm trying to think like I'm not sure who on the team is like a professional event planner who would understand the logistics of all these kind of stuff like that. Now, I could be wrong. I heard about this guy named John. Apparently, John was out here. He was making sure he was putting up bad tweets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was uh, he was moving. He was the one who kind of answered for all this other stuff like that. All the panels that were changed times and stuff that ran over and all this other stuff like that. I'm like, it wasn't John. You gotta talk about what would I grade your performance here? I don't know if I would grade it very, very highly. But um, <laughs> with that said, I think. I wouldn't grade your performance highly. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't because I feel like friends. Because there's the one part of my brain that says, "All right, you sold tickets for this, <laughs> so nah. you knew more yeah, sure. people were coming than last year, and not like this isn't like six thousand, like nine thousand, which is like gross, but also like manageable in the instance I get fifteen more people." This is sixty six thousand to like Touch. almost four times the size. I mean, that's you. I mean, that's a big. Once again, like you, you try that's to plan for that. That's, yeah, a, lot that's a lot of ribs. That's a lot of ribs, and ribs are not cheap. Smoked meat <laughs> is a very expensive thing. So the fact that they were serving people that, hey, kudos to them. That means they put a lot of money into the food budget, mm-hmm. and you know, listen, I can go on all day about that, but let's keep it pushing. So essentially. This is how I feel about it. I feel that the the love that they got, I mean, obviously you've seen it all over social media, um, was it was great to see. It's great to see that these guys are putting on um an event that not only celebrates anime, but it's like it's a safe place and a safe haven for for black anime creators and fans and people who are really into not even just anime, but just like just real nerdy shit and it's really great to see them um you know put an event on that has that amount of growth that really Mm -hmm. has it's starting to become a real player in terms of um you know as you know anime conventions go of like you know people flew to austin texas for this you know in austin texas in the middle of the summer oh is it dallas was it dallas Dallas. i think it's been austin before though okay so you got people flying to Texas in the middle of summer to come. Have to you ever been day. to Dallas, by the way? Yeah, I actually went to college there. Oh. I spent like a year and a half in Dallas. How's Dallas? I actually like Dallas. It's um, thing about Texas, and one thing I really like about Texas, it's like really spread out, and so like there are just different sections of like kind of that Dallas Fort Worth area that I really enjoy. Right. Um, but no, Dallas is a really cool city. Um, great food there uh really just kind of love the culture i feel like dallas is a good place where i would have a family i would, I would have a family in dallas okay okay like because i think like there's a lot of fun things to do in dallas uh, like as a family but also you know when you gotta get away from the kids they also have that life too it's a good balance okay um but you got people flying to texas for this thing you got people really showing up and that's amazing but also on the other hand you still have to understand you're putting on an event and putting on an event and putting on something as public as this is you have to be able to be open to to criticism and you have to be able open to see where your 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 holes are and your you know the the you know where, where you're missing and, and whatnot you gotta take the good with the bad and you gotta be able to take that criticism in a way that is you know uh 
in a way that shows that you're trying to learn from it and not in a way that ends up being defensive i think that a lot of people were like trying to be like oh you know this is a you know y'all always trying to tear a black event down or this is why niggas can't have shit because y'all always acting like da, 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 da. it's like no it's like in a day this girl paid for some shit and didn't get what she paid for you're playing you know it's in a weird way you're playing with people's money and it's kind of just like okay like if i'm paying and i'm paying top dollar to get this you know type of treatment or this type of whatever i expect to receive those you know those benefits and those things and she didn't and she complained about it now once again the going the whole cancel them route is a bit extreme but it's okay but they have to be able to learn from that you can't yeah. like once again you have twenty two thousand people you're doing this kind you're doing this thing you got high level profile people coming up to this thing and it's like pay for some actual like people like for some actual workers like that's kind of like a you know obviously have some volunteers in some areas because i'm pretty sure you can't pay for it but it's like you got to be able to to run a clean and smooth event and i think that they will continue to probably get better and continue to grow i even told you via text i was just like yo i really think that dreamcon could potentially become like the anime convention um but once again you have to you have to be able to take the good with the bad you can't you can't like you can't like shy away from it especially when people are like showing you and have like proof of yo there are some things and you got you know there are some things that went wrong here and right you gotta just be able to learn from it and grow from it and i'm sure they will but yeah i think i don't know it's cool though man i'm i'm happy for them i'm happy for the turnout it looked like a really cool event a really fun event um yeah they can only go up from here though absolutely i believe so um so yeah they got a lot to learn i've seen a lot of suggestions online of what they should and shouldn't do um it varies my mileage varies on all these suggestions four day cons i don't think is a great idea at any stretch of imagination um one it's more money for you and then two it's way more time for you you're actually probably losing money with a four-day con if you go because you're taking con is ridiculous too because you're really you're taking at least tired. two work days to be honest you're taking off like two work days yeah like no and once again you're getting tired at a convention by day two yeah you don't really want to be at a convention anymore like these niggas gonna piss you off like you ain't got, you ain't got enough guys play for four days trust me you know it's is that and but also too you gotta think there was a time where conventions were really where you learned about what's coming out next what's happening next like what are the new kind of big things what's the big news who's new players coming in the game you know you get to kind of, you know it's it was a lot more revealing i think now especially with social media and how fast news gets leaked and all this stuff it's like especially with anime it's like going to a convention it's like how much do i can i really learn about you know this stuff and you got to also understand too japanese talent that's coming over here only a few guys is really going to be moving the needle like that <laughs> you know it's not like you know they get a lot of voice actors that come over here but it's, you know it's not like we're really getting anything from them you know i'm interested to see i think it was very drink is very still kind of like grassroots because i'm pretty sure like all the meet and greets were like online influencers and not actually people within the anime industry but it would be great to see if people 
within the anime industry embrace this con as well. I know that you know, black voice actors definitely do, um, especially if you're in the know. But it would be interesting to see if they kind of like grow to that where they can pay these people. Like you can pay a Sean Chamel and well, actually, I think they did one year. Um, you pay a Sean Chamel and Chris Sabat to come in. I think they did it like two years ago um, to pay them to come in and, and kind of talk about that. But you know, it, it's it's grown pains conventions everyone is looking forward to next year it'll be interesting to see what happens next year i mean everything started like failing at a random at a a rapid pace that the app went down the 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 times for things change without people knowing so um you know first of all can't be an episode without the police passing by yeah baby we back um but other than that um yeah i don't know DreamCon. ad was there i'm sure ad will um recant his experience he did a lot of ground he did a lot of footwork he was really the street team um, oh man he was down there living life yeah you i mean apparently it was yeah. really real fun i don't want to say the other name they've been calling DreamCon, but um it's a apparently you have a lot of fun there um before we get into the Jujutsu Kaisen thing, let's talk about a couple of quick things. Um, did you watch the Crunchyroll breaking episode of One Piece that came out this weekend? Yeah, it did. It looked amazing. Okay. Was the episode I, amazing? The episode's good. Like, it's a really good episode. It's it's a visual spectacle. I think that's where, um, you know, you get a... I'm trying to figure out how to word this. It's like, it's really good. Don't get me wrong, but it's also just like, it's one of those transformation episodes, you know? Mm. Mm. It's like, it's one of those where it's just like, man, it's a lot of glitz and glam and pow and bang and boom and pow. And then it's kind of like, man, that was like, you know, the most amazing thing I ever watched. And then it's kind of just like, it goes. Oh, right but i mean you get some like you get some uh you get some questions answers there's some big reveals about kind of like luffy's uh devil fruit and a bunch of other things so it, it's a good it's a really really good episode uh you know yeah watch it it's a visual spectacle i'm gonna watch it again i watched it during 80 stream make sure you guys tap into 80 stream um sundays he's doing it again next week sunday on um our twitch channel the lookout rnc i think he's going to be doing jujitsu kaisen next week so you can definitely stay tuned to that because it is a bunch i mean we're gonna cover it but he's gonna cover you're gonna be able to look at it when he covers it and who knows maybe one day i'll hop on um but loop i mean one piece it does it again a good transformation will always break the internet a really yeah good- you know like it's like ultra instinct yeah, one of the instinct was crazy. Ultra, I'm trying to think another one that broke the internet. Um, it was Ultra Instinct. I believe actually one that broke the internet was um, Deku during the Shihisaikai arc where he went faux 100. Um, what else broke the internet? Uh, I'm talking about Break Country Roll. Oh, mostly Attack on Titan shit. I mean, that shit just. The premiere will break regularly every time. Like every fucking time um 
I think the premiere of Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 actually did, did. You couldn't really get it for like the first 15 minutes. But that's not really breaking. Like, Crunchyroll oh, breaking means that you can't, you might as well go do something else. That's essentially what it means. I, it, I'm telling it, you, the last like transformation I remember episode where that happened was Ultra Instinct. No, that's that's very true. Like, that was like the last one where I legit. Or the final be. episode of Super. It might be the final episode of Super after that. Yeah, that was that was nuts. That was nuts. Um, another thing is my Hero Academia is getting a fourth movie. Um, it is Not apparent, bad it's apparently taking place within I guess this this current era, current arc that we're currently in. Um, where human society, I mean hero society, human hero society has failed and now crime is back up so it's like i don't know perfect stage for a fucking movie i guess i don't know why they would put a movie in the middle of this but hey um my thing is nick star and strap a movie that's what i would do i mean you could you could literally blow up the arc like i know the arc isn't really that long but you can literally like extend it add more backstory add more all might lore add more you can show to be honest with you spoilers for this arc deco's not really in this arc but <laughs> you can add other shit from different characters and their synopsis on this like i would have done that i don't know whatever man. my thing is is like what do you do during this time because obviously deco i mean it's gonna be back after deco returns back to ua do it my villain academia arc make them make them work for it <laughs> i don't know but also to you know, I wonder. I mean, they're two for three for movies. Yeah. I mean, if they can capture <laughs> capture the magic of that first one. I mean, God knows. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. My hair academia movies—they're not really. I don't really like them because they don't really do it. Have anything? You're you're back right where you started after it ended. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not pushing. Yeah, but I think that's why I like them so much. They're kind of just these like random one-offs, and I like how they really do like push the envelope in terms of doing things like I don't even you know, like the filler episode so I don't know <laughs> it, it's like when Bagogo like randomly just got the power for one for all it's kind of like oh that's cool that <laughs> like never like fan fiction it. that's what it is yeah it's big fan fiction sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't they're yeah. like I said they were two for three and one missed really bad that the second one sucked I agree um that third one was that third one was alright. It was cool. Third one was alright. Yeah, it had good fights. That first one was amazing. I can't even hold you. that first. First one was, one was pretty. Yeah, and the first one is actually if it was an. I mean, they're all they're canon in a sense, all of them, depending on what's referenced and stuff. Um, but they're also not really canon. Um, because yeah, no one from the show was like, "Damn, that fight from the movie, goddamn." Yeah. Um, Kaiju number eight. It's trailer drop. Looks good. I like it. I'm excited. I, I was just waiting for Sakamoto days. I don't think we're gonna get a trailer for that. I don't. I hope we get the anime. That's all I want. Let me see. Let me open up the thing. Kaiju number eight. I mean, it looked good. If you're not uh, familiar with Kaiju number eight, we have a thread on our Twitter page. I'm still calling it Twitter. Um, we have a thread. <laughs> we have a thread there. I'm not calling it no X thread. Still. Um, <laughs> um, we're hentai page now. We have a threat. 
<laughs> we have a thread <laughs> where you can uh where you can definitely get caught up to speed on what it's about but looks good coming out spring 2024 so we have that to look forward to next year um and yeah that's all i'll say about that i think it's time to get into jujutsu kaisen season two kicked off we're i think everyone's generally excited about this arc um and just season two in general yeah this kind of thing what's the what's the first thing that struck out to you about this arc um first scene that stuck out to me because this animation is fucking amazing oh it's really really good um like all the way through i'm like damn we have come very far where um spirited away animation is the standard (laughs) like essentially i don't know like it felt very studio ghibli yeah like felt soft like not the like like the feeling of it felt soft and i don't know how else to explain it in that way mm-hmm. but like i feel that things uh, a lot of animation now is about like brightness and light and like this felt like i don't know it felt pretty i agree like it just felt pretty it felt soft it felt springtime you know what i'm saying it felt like it also felt like to me i don't know if you've seen have you seen Digimon's first movie? Yes. You, can okay. find, you know, you can watch that on YouTube for free. I, I've, I've, I definitely know you can. It felt like that, though. It really did. It, it gave me those kind of feels. But Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 kicked off just a couple weeks ago. We're currently at this point where the the Hidden Inventory Premature Death arc, or again, if you're a manga fan, Gojo's past arc, has concluded. They're going to take a couple break, week break, and then they're going to kick off the Shibuya Incident arc. I'm looking forward to the trailer for that, which should be appearing imminently, to be honest with you. Um, but this kind of like, this is once again Jujutsu Kaisen kind of setting the stage, or at least I don't want to say set the stage, setting the table for a lot of things that are coming up by once again, going back to the past. And this is a similar thing that they did with the movie, but actually we go before the movie with this arc. So a lot of things, actually, it made me look at the movie in a different light. Not that, not that it was bad or anything. (laughs) Does it? It it does because the, the story of um, kind of like ghetto the movie's really where you kind of, I mean, spoilers ahead. It's really kind of the only point where you see Ghetto in all of his evilness and capturing that, right? And he's not even really that evil. It's just like his, I guess his morals are in a different place. But it's when you think about it, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is really kind of the only version of like Ghetto that isn't again, who he becomes much later, who we find out that he's going to be much later. Um, But it's kind of like the only, this is like the only way you're really seeing him. And I know this is like massive spoilers, by the way. I'm just, I'm trying to spoil it, but not like trying to go too crazy with the spoilers to tell you that. Oh man, listen, hey, you're here. You're here. Yeah. Sorry. But it made me look at the movie differently because it's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm, and I'm going to present a question at the end of this because uh, I think the one thing you should be walking away from this arc is like, <laughs> all right. And, and this arc and watching a movie is like, all right, then who the fuck is that guy <laughs> from season <Yeah>. one? <laughs> like, yeah. if, if, if that's what happened there. Who the fuck is that in season one? 
Um, this movie takes place in the year 2006. How old were you? What grade um, were you in? And what were you doing in 2006? I'm trying to even remember myself. 2006. 2006 was a. 2006 was an important year for me. Was it? Kid. I was okay. going. I was sixth grade. Okay. Um. Little Wayne was probably my favorite rapper. This is post Carter two, but before Carter three. Go ahead. Uh, Team Ice Cream just dropped their skate video. This is very true. This is very 2006. You're taking me there. 106 and Parker's on TV. It was, but it wasn't with Free and AJ anymore. It was with Terrence J. Yep. <laughs> That's a that's it's, it, that was important to me. I know I remember AJ and Free. I was I was just really young. Like yeah I'm yeah. A, I'm a Terrence. I'm a Terrence and Roski kid. Yeah, um, I feel you. I'm trying to think. Uh, that summer, my stepdad had told me essentially like I'm done giving you rides. Like you just need to figure out how to get around the city yourself. Mm. So I was like on my bike a lot. I first started taking a city bus. Um, God. I think Gilbert Arenas was my favorite basketball player at the time. <laughs> That's funny uh, as fuck. No, like, I, I was like a diehard Gilbert Arenas fan. It's hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, God, I, I was playing a lot of, like, fighting games and nothing but sports games. I remember like cutting up magazines and hanging a bunch of pictures on my walls. Uh, yeah, 2006. That was just a, as a kid. It was like a, a lot of my interest kind of started taking shape around that time. No, I agree. Oh. I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was a uh, where was I? I was I graduated junior high in 2003. So I was in. I was entering my junior year. Of high school, which to be honest with you, I don't remember. I remember my freshman year of high school. I remember my senior year of high school. I don't remember any other shit that happened in between. Um, I remember. <sighs> nah, I don't remember anything. To be honest with you, my shit is like mostly thing to music. So if I know the music of this year, um, I'm I know that I was probably burning CDs like crazy. Oh yeah. So during that not on me to burn CDs of music for sure. During that time, there was so in the neighborhood that I lived in, there was a like a CD store, but they would sell a bunch of burn CD. Like you would go in there and buy like mixtapes and shit like that that would burn. And um they used to sell instrumental tapes. Mm. And I would always buy them. And not even on some like I was buying the no the the beat tape so I could write raps. I just <laughs> legit just like listening to music with no words. Like I would just I would just love instrumentals. So it yeah. would just have like crazy stuff on there. Think of what has happened now. Like where did all those blank CDs go? Because there was a market for blank CDs. It was like essentially the evolution of the blank videotape of like you can record anything on this tape. It's blank. You can record anything on it. You put it in your VCR. This is taking it a step further. Blank DVDs, blank CDs and stuff like that. And then once pretty much iTunes came into play and the iPod itself, um, blank CDs became 
pretty much a thing of the past unless you were like a really old person um which you held on it for however however long you did until you figure out what a flash drive was um but that's i, I kind of get yeah that's probably my thing that's, of 2006 a, like blank cd eerie yeah it's <laughs> eerie to think about I still got blank CDs somewhere in my house. Not blank CDs, but they're not blank anymore. I'm pretty sure they're. I'm pretty sure they uh, used them as target practice now for. Gun Maybe Ranger. I don't even know if I could put them in and they will still work. I have episodes of. I have like full seasons of the Boondocks on C- on DVDs that I burned. Um, and oh, maybe I should. Oh, who cares? Boondocks is not in business anymore. Um, <laughs> but like. Shit like that, like old wrestling stuff. It, oh, they, they are definitely in business. Let me shut up. Um, but yeah, like that's my 2006. Anyway, we go back to 2006 where Young Ghetto and Young Gojo um, are really, uh, they're here. But the first thing you see in the first episode is interesting. The first scene of episode one plays the same quote as it does in episode five. So it's taking you on the journey of pretty much like how Gojo, sorry, how Ghetto um, becomes who he becomes. Because the first thing you hear in this thing is exercise, absorb over and over. No one understand. No one else understands what curse spirit tastes like. It tastes like filth. He says other shit. Um, he says, I understand the ugliest of the masses. I chose to be a jujitsu sorcerer to save others. That's what I've been telling myself since that day, ever since that day. And he says a couple more things after that. But he's essentially, you kind of see the wheels turning on like what this is actually going to become. And I want to get into kind of like the introduction of Ghetto and Gojo. And I guess Shoko too. Shoko's the, the chain smoking 16 <laughs> year old, I guess. Um, who becomes the Jujutsu Kaisen nurse in season one? Um, you don't know a chain smoker. You didn't know a chain smoker at sixteen years old. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I was, I was like at sixteen. I was like, as bad as it sounds, I think every person yeah, that least went to a public high school. I did. I did. It's, knows a chain smoker at sixteen. Yeah, it's nasty. They're probably vaping now, um, or they probably should quit smoking at this point. It's it's like twenty years later. Um, no, nah, I feel I don't know if they're vapors now. Eh, maybe my just, yeah, maybe the in my age group, your age group, if they're vaping, that's bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, either way, um, we get introduced at the first episode. We kind of see a mission where Mei Mei and Yutahime are on a mission. They go through this curse. This curse essentially creates a domain that creates infinite space and realizing they could probably trick. I put demon because I'm still thinking of <laughs> that episode of Chainsaw Man where it was similar. <laughs> the eighth floor one. Yeah. Um, so I put demon in my notes. But essentially, they run in opposite directions. The curse essentially says, fuck this, and pr- pretty much obliterates the building. And they are now, then we are introduced to Satoru Gojo and Suguru Geto at Shoko Iereri, high schoolers, um, all second year Jujutsu high students. And, you know, pretty much like 
this is the missions that they go on. Similar to the missions that this is like the I guess the equivalent kind of like the similar to the missions that Yuji, Megumi, and Nobara go on. You're mm-hmm. not seeing that taken in the form of Gojo and Ghetto um in their own second year who uh as they're trying to figure this out. Um I don't think the mission is... I was going to get a little bit into the mission. Mission's not really important. It's kind of like this essentially a setting that kind of like introduces these characters. But um, what are your thoughts on Young Ghetto, Young Gojo? Um, I love the... I love the, the contrast and maturities between them. Um, Like... I you can obviously tell that Ghetto, I mean, uh, is a bit more mature. Obviously, still kiddish in some ways, but um, uh, like demeanor wise, a lot more mature than get uh, or Gojo. Right. Go- I said Ghetto, right? Ghetto is more mature than Gojo. That's yeah, what I'm trying to get from. But like, I like that little like the contrast of it. Like, you know, Gojo seems very young. They should have really gave these two different names. Uh, not so. No, jeez. I mean, man. Maybe two J's. What do you mean? Who <laughs> <laughs> the <Ligar> names? <laughs> Who the fuck is not mixing that shit up? I get called Jamal every other day. That's hilarious. Um, that is people just ignore the fact there's two E's in there all the time. Oh, um, um, but no, I love. Uh, I like the contrast and maturities. I love how they're drawn. I love their kind of like I-, I don't know, like their their contrast and even styles. Like, um, you know, you see ghettos, and it's more kind of like lax, baggy clothes kind of ordeal. Like Gojo seems like really tall, then so you know he's a little more fitted. Like I just love these these two opposing, um, you know, guys that yeah. you know, in which I think plays a lot into more too like their their story as you know Ghetto continues continues to find like his own motives and what really turns him against kind of the world itself and right. uh, what the jujutsu world is like. So to see that on so many different levels is really cool. Um I think that uh like I said I just love the art style of it. I love this arc so much because it's not really um it's not a long arc it's it's something that plays a lot with though um just like motives and like what drives people to do the things that they do um and when you look at all the characters that are in play during that you see so many different motives and you see so many different um like reasons on why like what pushes them what you know why do they make the decision that they do and you kind of see them all kind you know you see some people who are really secure in their decision making you see some people struggling like with it and i think that this art portrays that a lot with you know those dynamics a lot especially when you look at like all the other you know characters that end up being introduced right no i it's kind of just to add on to that i think it's so interesting in this beginning one it's really gojo who's the first one to kind of say like why are we saving these weak people like why are we these people are weak like why are we protecting them as much as they can and you can kind of like see from the instance he's never really um it's it's weird seeing kind of like their growth gojo never and still to this day never really subscribes to the ideals of ju- standard jujitsu like i guess protocol he never really subscribes to that and still kind of doesn't to this day. I mean, he kind of like does what he wants freely. And you even see that kind of little bit at the end of the arc. Um, Ghetto kind of like 
he doesn't really buy in, but he also is like, I feel like he's also very inexperienced enough where he doesn't know much more. Um, and that's why he kind of like buys in. He knows his role. He knows his job. He ultimately knows what Jujutsu Sorcerer, their, essentially their role is to protect the general public from curses. He's like, that's my role. That's my job. This is kind of like what it's been put on this what I've been put on this earth for. And then you see as kind of like his experiences continue to evolve and change. And as he continues to actually his own curse, you know, his own curse technique ends up becoming a curse for him because the mere fact that he says earlier in this thing, like I actually have to eat these curses and no one will understand like the filth and like how it actually tastes to like eat these terrible curses and like he has to do it for people um no one else takes on the burden but him so it's interesting to see kind of like where they start and where they kind of end up um as we go ahead do you have something else oh no let's keep going Nah, as we kind of like transition now so we transition to the actual mission itself once they get kind of back and they have a mission um masamichi who eventually becomes the principal of jujutsu high um first of all dark caesar machimichi oh yeah bro listen the lineup was crazy that's the lineup was so crisp (laughs) that was the band dream con how much you think he played how much you think he paid for that lineup uh 80 80 buck for sure (laughs) 2006 Uh, he's paying 80 dollars he had to um no it was probably spray painted on it looks like ludicrous from the release therapy album cover oh it does isn't that when he had the double sideburns yeah that that hairline doesn't look real at all wow that's an actual 2006 reference on shout out to me whoa shout out to you i feel like that should get double points for that that's a 2006 ass album um but nonetheless he says okay we have a mission now this is a super important mission and it's the mission that comes at the request of Master Tengen. Now, this is the first time. I don't know. This isn't really the first time we hear about Master Tengen. I'm pretty sure he's brought up in season one. But I think very loosely, though. Like, yeah. a very, like he's mentioned in episode 18, which, hey. Um, however, this is kind of like the first time we're really introduced to him and kind of like what the role he has. So Tengen is. His curse technique is he's immortal. However, that doesn't mean he doesn't age. Here's where this kind of like comes into play. He continues to need a vessel. All right, I actually wrote this down. Um, so to kind of like, he has the barrier that protects everything at Jujutsu High and kind of like protects people from seeing curses and kind of like Jujutsu High from being you know attacked and all this other stuff like that. However, every 500 years, he has to find his compatible star plasma vessel. Um, So he can reset his technique to avoid kind of like evolution. And the fear is once he eventually evolves, he may become unstable. He may not become the peace-loving thing that you actually need. He may actually kind of become more of a detriment to Jujutsu society. So every 500 years, he takes on this plasma star vessel. He, they assimilate to himself, and he's able to take on the appearance of them. And his, you know, his immortality thing resets, and he's able to continue to do what he kind of does forever. So now 
but their mission is to one recover the star plasma vessel who they have uh pretty much uh determined her name is rico and then erase her so yeah <laughs> i mean but however um two groups are after them of course this is very this is like rush hour two um two groups are after them one is the q who is to be honest with you you don't really need to know much about them they get handed oh they, <laughs> they get their ass handed to them very very quickly yeah and then the other is the um the Time Vessel Association, who doesn't really, they don't really have curses, so they're not really like a big a threat as Q. However, um, they do have uh, money, which essentially leads them to where we get to now. Um, I thought it was a nice little tidbit in the show. There was Shoko trying to kind of explain it on what reverse curse technique is and how to use it. Um, I thought it's funny based on current events in the manga. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, we meet Rico, kind of aggressive, the student who's like kind of she she really kind of like wants to do her own thing. She knows she, she's a star plasma vessel. She's like, listen, I'm excited because I get to become Tengen, but realistically, like Tengen be- gets to become me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really like you know I become Tengen. He's really becoming me. I feel like it's real New York shit. Um. <laughs> but, it's, which and we learn later that is all this confidence is a front <laughs> yeah essentially um tengen says essentially the order is like listen fulfill all her requests before she's assimilated she just wants to live her life as a normal girl for a little bit longer she's lost her family all this other shit that comes into play she kind of just wants to live her life as a normal girl um and then we're in, introduced to Toji. That's crazy. It's like it's like livestock. She's like free range. It's like, she's like yeah. Free range I'm just like, like, around before we we slaughter her. Yeah, let her, around. let her live a good life. But I'm also interested. Like, what? How does one become a plasma star vessel? Maybe this is something I could look up. Actually, star plasma vessel. Um, it actually doesn't say. The page just leads to Rico. <laughs> <laughs> um shout out to that um she is the one that uh, I, I feel like you gotta actually i don't fucking i had to assimilate to a person and take on your body and everything to live another 500 take years on your body because we see what i don't think i would only want the highest of the high though like i want people who are talented maybe you got a special skill I don't really think that matters. I think you just need to have like a good body, very healthy. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You want to take somebody that like eat McDonald's every day and kind of. I don't really think it's like their body like shit. Like, 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 Tengen's not asking for LeBron to. I would if I was thinking. I would. Don't get me wrong, but you know, bro, I promise you, if I had a similar, so I had a, I had to take on somebody's whole everything to continue to live. I, I'm only choosing the finest of the. I'm only choosing quality people. Mm, interesting. I, I feel you. I feel you. Like from one that knows like five languages. Tengen know. doesn't really do anything. He's just, He's just there. Tengen's just there to like maintain the barriers. That's his. That's his job. Like for for real. For real. You don't um, think that takes energy level? Once again, yeah, is cool, bro. Yeah, but you don't really need LeBron to do that. You don't need yeah. Steph Curry. You don't need. Um, I will. I'll be taking. Listen. America's America's beloved would be getting 
slaughtered off every 500 years. Who's the most? Um, anyway, we're introduced to Toji Fushiguro. Thoughts on Toji. This is the guy who I've been told, been <laughs> pretty much, this is who the first person where I was like, we were covering Jujutsu Kaisen in season one. Um, I believe Carlos was on the episode. Um, and they were like, yo, <laughs> this nigga. This is the guy. Like, this is the guy. Oh, no. Nah. Toji's really that guy, bro. Toji Fushiguro. I understand that he does all this in a pair of slip-on vans. Like, <laughs> this nigga is really him. Um, Toji Fushiguro is a pretty much a um, the sorcerer killer. Is what they call him. He, call he him. Catches, call, catches them, them sorcerer bodies. He's really a Zenin, but doesn't take on the Zenin name because he's like, F them. I'm taking on my wife's name, which is kind of badass in itself. Um, he is he is the father of Megumi Fushiguro, if you have not really uh, ascertained that as of right now, but he doesn't really like associate. He's not a good father, but it really, I mean, anime. You, you like, need one. You always need a bad dad. Um... He's super strong. He has essentially, he has no curse technique. He doesn't actually have curses. He has pretty much heavenly, what is it called? Heavenly restriction? Uh, I think so, yes. Um, Essentially where he's a superhuman. Yeah, essentially he's superhuman and he can uh, wield, he can see curses and all this other shit like that, but he can't actually like be a curse. Um, But essentially, Toji is a, you know, Bad bitch. Um, with that said, <sighs> there's a lot of things that go on from here. I mean, once we're introduced to kind of like Toji, the plot really begins to move forward. Um, we see essentially Ghetto and Gojo, they're fending off. They they have Rico and she's trying to go to school and live a normal life. But essentially they have to fend off Q. They have to fend off everyone that kind of gets in their way. And Toji himself isn't really as, um, he isn't as, what was the opposite of apprehensive? He isn't really assertive and necessarily jumping forward to stop Gojo because he's like, yo, this Gojo, he has not only has limited lists, but he has six eyes. And what does that mean? Not fully sure as of yet. Uh, but he is part of the Gojo clan, which is apparently a thing. Um, <laughs> there is a video honestly there's a video on youtube shout out to turtle quirk who's been on this podcast before he goes as in depth as you can go on the gojo clan which is nuts because i can't <laughs> if you ask me what's the gojo clan i'm like well there starts with gojo i couldn't tell you any other part of it <laughs> but this is the work that turtle quirk does he does that so hopefully i don't have to do that essentially um so make sure you check that out on YouTube, actually. But he isn't as appar- he isn't as assertive to jump in because he knows pretty much like Gojo will body him. So what Toji actually does does a little smart thing. He puts a bounty on Rico. So all these curse, you know, all these curses essentially come and try to attack them, or like people who are trying to get the bounty himself go and attack Gojo in terms of getting Rico to kind of wear Gojo down. Or at least put down his guard a little bit um, before he can kind of slide in. So you know what? He's cerebral. He's like you know he's a no. He's a, he's a tactician, man. He's a Toji could be a Batman villain. He could. He. he I, don't, I, I, feel, I don't. I wouldn't want him to die to Batman's hands. I feel like he's too cool for that. But like, yeah, he could be. 
Who's whooping? Um, I don't know. I don't think Batman could whoop Toshi's ass like that. You saw what Bane mm. did to fucking Batman. This is true. This is true. Um, I don't know. I guess does Batman have heavenly restriction? No, Batman's a regular nigga like me and you. He just got armor. <laughs> does he? He's not like super strong. He's not. He, <laughs> he, got, he got everyday everyday people, man. <laughs> He's got... Damn. He doesn't have heavenly restriction. Oh, what a fucking <laughs> That um, man, a regular regular dude, bro. He got the same problems as us. Does Superman have heavenly restriction? <laughs> nah, Superman's an alien. Okay, all right. Well, listen. Hey, I mean, I tried DC. Um, <laughs> with that said, um, heavenly restriction. Can we name the episode that? <laughs> I feel like excellent. But that was be... in the episode notes. <laughs> Tim is gonna be like, "Yo, y'all are wildin'. Um <laughs> Nonetheless, um, he's able to track. Let's see, that is that I have in my notes. He's open up infant. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, so they get to the point where after they fend off all these people, they say, "Let's go on vacation." So they spend the second to last day on vacation, and it's a blast. It's really this random part of this thing. It's really a vacation before they have to take her back to Jujutsu High, so they can bring her down to the vessels, um, so they can bring her down to What's-His-Face's domain, so they can, um, you know, assimilate, and she can kind of do the job that she was going to do. So they bring her to the school. And I that think is- that vacation part, though, was so important. Because you really, I think that was the time where you really see Gojo kind of start understanding of like, okay, this is why we kind of do what we do. You can kind of start seeing his attitude start to change on like his reasonings of being a a sorcerer and what it means to him. Um, I don't know. I just felt like in the in the like there was like kind of a emotional shift in Gojo and kind of even some of the other sorcerers around and even for like Ghetto to see kind of Gojo going through that. They don't like explicitly say it, but like kind of through action and right um, little things that they show. No, um, they did. But no, they, um, yeah, I really kind of like that vacation scene because you kind of just tell that it's like, you can tell them they're feeling some type of way too about like what this whole Tengen situation is. Yeah. What they're going to do. I feel like it, besides like the Disney music behind it, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely one of those like Disney, like, damn, are we really doing this? Um, but nonetheless, they show up at Jujutsu high cause they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do anyway. Um, and suddenly a whole knife, comes through the chest of Gojo, which is nuts. Um, like blood and everything. I was like, whoa, they're gonna show this on TV. Um and Shroder fuck, yes, they absolutely do. And it is none other than the invisible assassin, it's none other than the sorcerer assassin, it's Toji Fushiguro who has stabbed Gojo from behind. They don't understand how he got in the barrier. They don't understand how he got into school. They don't understand how he even got close enough to Gojo to stab him through the friggin' chest. Um, it was like, yo, you got six eyes and you ain't see this coming. That's nuts. <laughs> um, but he remembers he he remembers the moment where he says, "Listen, he is the only one in life." He remembers seeing Gojo as a kid, and he's like, "This is the only little kid in life who ever noticed me standing behind them." And it hasn't happened since then, and it never happened before then. Um, 
but essentially Gojo says, yo, take the girl down, do the thing, and I'm going to handle this guy. Spoiler alert, he does not handle him at all. No, he doesn't. Toji is too cold. He is. He used his curse tool. I mean, it's a good fight. Don't agree with me. There's like blue and, you know, all this other stuff. But pretty much the exclamation point. Moving at supersonic speed and. Yes, it's and, and it's great animation, it's great choreography. I think, once again, a step up from season one, somehow, because I think even season one, that fight between Yuji and Ao versus Hanami is, an, is just a great fight in general. And mm-hmm. I think they managed to, again, with the fluidity, with the animation, with the choreography, with the camera angles, which kind of like everything they did with the animation, they managed to take it up another notch with this fight. So we see this. And he has a special grade curse tool, the inverted spear of heaven. And it is really just a shank. <laughs> it is. It's a really nice shank. Yeah, absolutely. But also, inverted spear of heaven is a tight ass name. It's it's pretty cool, to be honest with you. So Toji's moving at super speed. So Gojo's like, F this. I can't really tell where he's going because I can't sense him because he doesn't have curse energy. So I'm just going to destroy everything around me, which is like nuts. Like, I feel like that should get you expelled. But he's Gojo. Who gonna, who gonna check him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, he destroys everything, but then Toji sends these um, these flies, these fly heads, a swarm of fly heads to kind of like take off, you know, to confuse a real tactician, man. Listen, he understands yeah. strengths and weaknesses. He to pretty much like take out his blind spots. Essentially, he's like, he got six eyes. He need to be using all six eyes. Um, it is the moment that Gojo feels like he has gone after Rico instead of actually continuing this fight, and this is just a distraction. Where Toji comes in with the inverted spear of heaven and stabs him right in the neck. <laughs> And then slides it all the way down his body through his chest. And then across his legs. <laughs> I'm just like, yo. That's yeah, they insane. went, yeah, they went uh they went overkill with it. But I, I I enjoyed the fact that they did that because it makes it because it's Gojo, you know, like you said, this is a guy in which is considered the strongest sorcerer even at his age now. Is like one of the strongest sorcerers there there is, and um, even Toji said like this is this kid got you know this kid is special. It's a special talent right here, and to see yeah. him get handled so kind of like gruesomely, you that even elevates the lore of Toji of just like holy shit, like this guy is a fucking monster. Like you know, he wanted to make sure that guy was dead. I mean, he should have made more sure. But he wanted to make sure he was dead. He stabbed his whole body. So it's like, you can't move. And essentially, it's like, yo, Gojo is dead. Um, we flash to the Tomb of Star where Seguro and Rico are at. Um, and they have this moment. And she's like, I don't really want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go to... <laughs> what was that kid on Martin said? Um Sorry, I lied to you, Martin. I didn't want to move to Arizona. <laughs> Sorry, I lied to you, Martin. <laughs> so, uh, says that. <laughs> but 
Sugar Ghetto. I didn't really want to be a plasma star. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, um, (laughs) that's funny (laughs) as fuck. Um, Ghetto and Gojo beforehand said, listen, we're going to do whatever the plasma vessel wants to do. And we understand the value of life and they will support whatever decision that she wants to make. So if she does not want to assimilate with this guy who looks like, I mean, you won't know what he looks like until at least season three, but he's like a slim gym. You know what I'm saying? He looked nasty. Um, look like a damn, uh, 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 what do you call it? A spring roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a um, spring roll. <laughs> He, he <laughs> was, was <laughs> spring roll. I feel like if Rico saw what Tengen looked like, she would be like, "Y'all bugging, yeah. <laughs> y'all are bugging." Um, either way, they're like, you know what? Let's go. I'm gonna take you back to your school, and then Rico gets shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a beautiful ending for her life. Hey, man, they had the beautiful music playing and all this other stuff like that, man. I love how that episode ends too. Just like it's like the gunshot. Ghetto's just like stunned, like the look on his face changing. Listen, Tochi says you better go. You might as well go home now because that mission you were on, <laughs> you failed that mission. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, "All right, bro, I'll catch you later." He was like, "Yo, I got him. Get my M's." Sorry you failed your mission, my guy, but I had to do what I had to do. Um, and this starts the the ghetto versus a uh, Toji fight, which is it's definitely it's a it's a fight. It's not as it's, he's not Gojo, so that's really the problem. Um, but he uses all of his kind of like curse techniques. He kind of he can release all the curse techniques that he has. He has his rainbow dragon. He does all these other stuff like that. He uses all his curse spirit manipulation, all the other bullshit like that. Told you, you bodies him too. He's like, you ain't, you definitely not. Yeah, he's like, you sit down. Yeah, hits him with the X across the chest. Um, he would be a great Street Fighter character. That's what I see with Toji. Like, oh, Toji on Tekken. <sighs> boy, come on now. Um. Don't well, they are releasing that Jujutsu Kaisen fighting game, aren't they? Are they? Uh, well, let's highlight for this. I think so. That'll be tight. A little competitive fighting game, a Jujutsu Kaisen. That'll be kind of cool. Fighting game, Curse Clash um, fighting game, heading to consoles and PC. Here we go. There you go. All right, listen, <laughs> DLC Toji, um, with the Heavenly Restriction uh, patch. But with that said, he completely bodies him, doesn't kill him. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen to all these spirits if I kill you. So um, I don't know if they're going to haunt me in my dreams or something like that, but I don't really want none of that. So I'm not going to kill you. But I kill Gojo, by the way. So uh, figure out your life. I don't know what to do. Um, Toji gives Rico's body to the Time Vessel Association. He collects his M's, tries to walk out the building. Gojo's alive, and not only is he alive, he's fucking manic. And not only is he manic, <laughs> he's calling. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's oh, he's on a high right now. Yeah, he's he absolutely is. on a high. 
He is. He is. Uh, yeah, he's zooted and booted. He's ready to go. Zooted is a great word for this thing because that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and this, he is like, um, I don't know if there's like, there's a there's power ups you have, and we see power ups in like Dragon Ball Z and One Piece and all this other stuff like that. This is a weird way to showcase that the kind of Sartoru Gojo is kind of like broken through to another level, to a completely different space. Because he is 100% delirious. He is drunk on power. He has this power. He's zooted on power, essentially. Um, to the point where like he's floating in the sky. Um, he has he's mastered curse technique reversal red. Um and since Toji do a thing, he can see where Toji's moving and all the other stuff. All this power up that came out of nowhere. I guess it's a near death experience. Maybe he's a Saiyan, to be honest with you. I mean, oh, like, probably. He just gets stronger every time. Um, Toji attempts to use Chain of a Thousand Miles to attach to the inverted Spear of Heaven and try to really take out Gojo, but he is unable to. Um, and Gojo uses Hollow Technique Purple. It was the first time he uses it. We've seen it in season one. He uses it today and completely puts a hole right through Toji. Um, Toji goes out like a man, though. He didn't go out crying. He didn't go out on the floor. He didn't go out nothing. He just standing there, big body, with a chunk bitten out of him <laughs> by this hollow purple. Um, and his final words is, my son is out there somewhere. <laughs> Do... Do that with, um, he's going to be sold off to the Zenin clan. Do with that information what you must. And he dies. Like he dies still on business. <laughs> he dies like, hey, listen, before I go, there's still some things that need to be handled. They recover Rico's body. Gojo's like, yo, should we kill all these people? Like, we should really kill all these people. I'm on one right now. Let's kill these people. And essentially, Ghetto is like, Ghetto has recovered now. Essentially, like, nah. It's like, it's not, it's not worth it. Like, he says, it's very important for there always to be a point, especially with Jujutsu Sorcerers. And this is kind of where we lead to. Honestly, episode 29 of Jujutsu Kaisen, but episode 5 of season 2. I'm trying to think of a better episode of Jujutsu Kaisen than this, to be honest with you. There probably isn't one. Not right now. I, f- I feel like for a, sh- a, a series that is so, I guess, from the fan base lore, kind of like so supported by the fights and the encounters and the conflict, it's very rare that you get the development that you get with this kind of like character. And also this is an episode that's not about Yuji, not about Megumi, not about Gojo. This is about Ghetto and kind of like how he becomes the way he becomes, which essentially sets the table for Jujutsu Kaisen season zero, Jujutsu Kaisen season one, and whatever the hell we got left in season two. So to me, as being the main kind of like protagonist of the series, this is probably the most important episode thus of this series thus far, I think. Um, no, I'm right there with you. I think that it really like puts you in the first uh, 
first of all, like, puts you in the mind of the villain and, like, understanding how he, like, becomes the way he becomes. But it also makes you question, too, of, like, is he kind of really wrong for feeling this way in terms of just, like, how he has seen, you know, the things that he's had to see and experience. Um, I, I think that, like, just once again, this whole arc is just about people having those internal struggles of like the decisions that they're making and understanding the decisions that they're making and why they're doing the things that they're doing and just have a like, kind of a whole episode with him going through that conflict. Right. And, and, and it's a lot of internal and then it becomes external conflict in a sense, especially when we get to again, Jujutsu Kaisen season zero. So he essentially, he has to, he sits there. I mean, it takes place a year later and Gojo's powers has evolved pretty much to the point where he is unrivaled. He is the strongest sorcerer that ever exists. And Geto isn't. And it was at a point where both of them were kind of like on similar footing. And actually he was on better footing because he always was he always knew his role and knew what was going on. Where Gojo was kind of like the slacker of the group. Um, but now Gojo is numero uno. He's going off on missions by himself. They're sending Go- Ghetto on missions by himself, but ultimately it's the Gojo show. Um, and he is now really taking a look at, especially with the the last thing of like Jujutsu sorcery, there always needs to be a point. He's trying to figure out like, what's the point really of the things that he's been doing this year? He's been absorbing, again, he has been um, exercising, absorbing, you know, over and over and over and over and over again. And he's like, yo, what is the point? Um, especially again, he says, no one understands what the thing tastes like. Um, cursed spirits taste like. And they show this this the scene of him in the bathroom. It's giving him like Oz. Uh but they show him in the bathroom and he's really like trying to really wrap his head around like thing but you can see like the disgust really like flowing in his face he got a real cozy fit on too the white tee no i was talking about when he's in the bathroom he actually had no fit on in the bathroom but oh but after that about the after the one at, i'm thinking of the when he's talking to he's talking to the kid yeah that's right after let's it. talk about let's talk about the kid <laughs> let's talk about the kid we um Hour, I'm like my mind goes straight to that scene. I'm like, oh, you got a crazy fit on. He's like, he's naked. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, Yu Haibara, who yeah. is his, I guess he's a senior to them. Um, mm-hmm. but Gojo, I mean, Ghetto's looking rough and all this other stuff like that. Like he's oh, looking, man. he's got bags under his eyes. He's not. He does not look well. Um, and he asks essentially Haibara. He's like, yo. You ever think about like it's like the have you seen Barbie yet? No, I've not. Okay. Um I won't spoil it. Um spoil it. I'm not gonna see it. <laughs> he says essentially Barbie has this moment in the Barbie movie where it changes everything. And Barbie says, Do you ever think about like just dying? And all the other Barbies are like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Um, because they're toys, they can't die. Um, but she's having thoughts about dying. Whereas 
Geto in this instance is asking, do you think you can keep going as a jujitsu sorcerer to Haibara? And Haibara's like, yeah, nigga, like, I can keep going forever. Like, I love this job. He is legitimately the only normal person at this high school that I've ever seen ever. <laughs> There's no, like, weird quirk. <laughs> There's He's no, like, like weird place. I'm doing it for the love of the game, bro. He's yeah, like, oh, he got the God. most normal haircut. He's got the most normal thing. Like even you know, he he's partners with um, what's my man's name? Nanami. Oh yeah. And Nanami even looks a little you know strange through this, but he looks completely normal. Um, again, we see the introduction of Yuki Sukumo, um, and she comes into scene. And she asks him a question. He answers mad eagerly and shit like that. And he's like, I'm about to go on my mission. I can't believe I'm about to go across country and go on a mission. Little does he know he dies on that fucking mission terribly, gruesomely. Oh, yeah, he gets, um, he gets fucked up. Um, it's always over eager ones, man. Yeah, yeah. He does get fucked up. And it, again. How the most normal nigga gets to be the one that dies like that? That's why they made him so normal. They're like, we're going to make absolutely. his death extraordinary. Absolutely. Um, but it's a death that essentially continues to push Ghetto in that direction. But really what's pushing him in this direction, really what's really makes him think is this conversation with special great sorcerer Yuki Tsukumo, um, who essentially, <laughs> she has this reputation of being a good for nothing who wanders abroad and doesn't really do anything <laughs> regarding Jujutsu High. But she says she hates Jujutsu High School because they essentially never really solve the problem. They just like treating symptoms, as she says. They never really so get to the point of the actual problem. Like, what really is going to stop all these curses? They're just there to police the curses and police them from people. And this is where Ghetto is really having his awakening and realizing that there's more than one way of thinking about this. So she says, essentially, there are two paths that you can kind of take. One, um, we can figure out, what's the first one she says? Um, Delete all curses from the world. Nah, right? that, no, that was what Ghetto said. Um, he, she says, eliminate cursed energy from mankind. Yeah, there you go. And then the second one is, make it possible for humanity to control their cursed energy. And then Ghetto's the one who's like, but what if we kill them all? <laughs> And she's like, hey, that's actually a solution. I never thought of that. But that would be really, really hard to do. Um, but he thinks about it for the first time. And he kind of like really thinks about his place in the school and place in the universe and kind of like what he's really serving. Is he really serving a great purpose? And he goes on this mission. And essentially, they've trapped these two girls who have cursed energy they say that they're devils and all this other stuff like that. And the people are like, we should have killed you two when you were babies and all this other stuff. They train them like Naruto. Um, but he sits there and he's like, I know what I have to do now. And he says, can we step outside for a moment? And he kills the entire village in the name of these two girls. And it's from there on, he's at the point of no return. And I think the entire episode is him hinging and getting to and pushing towards that point. And he finally steps over that point and he reaches the point of no return where he kills everyone in the village and he is no longer 
you, you see the button from the Jujutsu High thing drop, and he is no longer a student at Jujutsu High. He is now a cursed, I guess, cursed sorcerer. Uh, he's supposed to, yeah. he's supposed to be sentenced to death. And the next scene we get is Gojo essentially being completely shocked. He's like, yo, what? Huh? Ghetto? <laughs> That's nuts. He was the most normal out of all of us. Um, Ghetto killed his parents. Ghetto killed everyone else. And now he's living his life as a murderer. Um, and really cozy fits. Once again, the all-black sweatsuit is like just nice and baggy. Like, I like how they find him in the street and no one's like screaming or no one's like, yo, arrest. we need to apprehend you immediately. They're just like, because it's, it's the chain-smoking girl. Um, Mm Because she's worried about her six. And she's just like, let me call Gethin. Yo, Gojo, he's over here. Um, And it's it's above my pay grade. I ain't trying to tussle with this nigga. Right. Um, And I think before Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, this is the last time that Geto and Gojo see one another. And you see how their ideals have changed. And you see these, like, Gojo's truly trying to figure out the point of why we're killing everyone. And he's like, essentially, you can't kill everyone. You know that's impossible. And Go Ghetto's like, if I were you, it would be possible. Like you're saying this, you're not Go, you're Gojo. Like you're the all powerful. And you knew if I had the powers that you had, I would be able to kill everyone too. Um so like let's be real. It says BFFR. Um and yeah, it it's sad. It's sad in this moment. Gojo's lost his best friend in this situation. Um and Ghetto's completely transformed into who he becomes. You know? He takes over the, the star plasma thing. He uh Oh, and then at the end of the episode, um Gojo finds Megumi and his sister and essentially takes them to become however they become in the future. But it's the ideals that they have now. Now they have completely separate ideals and now they're, I guess, opposing forces. And to me, it's 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 wild now because we fast forward to Jujutsu Kaisen season zero and the end of that, which is Gojo eventually does kill Ghetto. So that takes place before everyone else. So it's kind of like now, like, what the fuck is, who the hell is this guy? That's the question I asked at the beginning of this. Is like, essentially, who is, who are we watching? Mm-hmm. Who are we watching walk around now in this husk of a body, considering that Gojo has already killed Ghetto? Um, mm-hmm. And I guess we find that out in the second half of the season. Well, second half. <laughs> the rest of the season. Um. What were your kind of like thoughts on kind of like how this entire ordeal ended? Um, like even talking about it now, I like want to triple down on your statement of like this really might be the best episode of Jujutsu Kaisen so far. Um, I think the the ending, just like the the way that it's um 
like that scene where he's talking to uh the special sorcerer and all that and just like transitioning that to when old boy dies and just like how dark it is and just like how it you know how his face looks and how he just looks tired and how he looks just like you know like he's just over it and then transitioning that to the point where and then like the fact that the when he kills that whole village it happens at nighttime so it's like it's completely dark um and then transitioning to that moment to him and Go- Gojo's like final talk and how it's just like how the light is shining on his face and he just looks so much happier. He looks so much just like, man, I got this like burden released from me. Like I feel that I'm finally myself. I'm finally free. I'm finally doing my thing. Like the, the transition of that to that scene and, in like him coming to terms of the fact that like bro i just gotta like i gotta kill these niggas like i cannot continue to do it. it's like humans are horrible and uh non-sorcerers are horrible and we just need to make a world where it's like like you said people can defend themselves and whatnot but ah, god just them going through that like gojo's kind of moment of um him trying to understand it and him like having this like this this moment of dog i may not agree with you and and i like really hate that you're taking this path but he's also completely like i don't want to fight you i don't want to kill you like you're my you know you're my friend and you're you're somebody i was like i had this relationship with and man and it even even stayed that way through um jujutsu kaisen zero because that's like the final moments between them um is essentially like they finally see each other after a long, long time and kind of like, it's not a, I hate you. I hate your guts. It's more so like, yo, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Um, And like, the cool thing is too, is that I like how it's not this like, um, you know, different side of the same coin ordeal. Where you no know, Gojo is like this person super dedicated to the Jujutsu Kaisen rule book and how it's supposed to be in you no know, sorcerer society, where he's also like, I I have my own issues with it. Like I don't like I think you're right in terms of pointing out the fact that there is something wrong with like sorcerer society, but he's like, what else is you know? It's one of those things too where he's like, this is not the way to go about it. Like the, right. the innocent people who have nothing to do about this shouldn't be yeah shouldn't have to perish for you know for us to you know live or for us to like not have to live in a world where you know we got to watch our comrades die and stuff like that. So I, I like the fact too where they both have their issues with how things are being upheld. They just have these different views on how things could be fixed and how things can be changed. And you know, unfortunately. Um, you know, their opposing thoughts on how to change it is drawing them against each other. Um, I think that also, too, you feel that, you know, I think Gojo had felt kind of probably in that moment of like, bro, we can work together to change it. Um, and I think that's something, too, where I feel that his, you know, once again, his his change from episode one to, you know, their moment at the beach and on vacation and kind of like this point now where he's at, where it's kind of, you kind of see these jumps of, you know, you could tell that on that vacation, once again, he's starting to, you could see that emotionally, he's really changing his outlook and view on kind of like what it means to be a sorcerer or like his own power and whatnot. 
um but then also going to this now where he's kind of like bro we really can change this but i can't go as far as you're trying to go so yeah the question is what would you do if your bestie became an incel um (laughs) uh, yeah that's a question we'll have to figure out in the rest of season two to be honest with you um but this was great again and all just five episodes in and it's already an all-timer um we're gonna have more to talk about pretty much we only got more it kicks off again at the end of the month um so you got a couple i'm cool with the break i'm cool with the time off um because i really do think it's a tale of like two stories and i think this gives the first part a bit of time to settle in before we really get rocking and rolling with what what happens in the rest of the season two with the shibuya incident um but thank you guys for tuning in, of course. I mean, we're still summer at Kame House. We're still here. Um, next week, we're definitely going to do Mobile Suit Gundam, which from Mercury. So we're going to get into that talk. But this has been a nice little excursion away from that. And we kind of talk about some current stuff. And, like, if you guys have any thoughts and kind of anything you've heard on this, you know, feel free to follow the Lookout, Lookout RNC on whatever social media app it's called now. And, yeah. That's kind of it. Um, any final words? Um, I'm picking up the mobile suit this week, so we'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back in two weeks with Mobile Suit Gundam, um, Mitch for Mercury. And yeah, uh, stay tuned to the lookout. We'll be on the lookout. Um, yeah, see you guys next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.